0: Welcome to Building Conversations, a construction podcast powered by the STO Building Group. August 2021 marked the 50th anniversary of StructureTone, STO Building Group's original flagship company. And since August, we've been sharing stories of the company's history through the special oral history series of the podcast. In this episode, we're focusing on the 2010s, a time of big changes for StructureTone, the construction industry, and New York City. In the 2010s, StructureTone moved its headquarters from downtown to midtown, began focusing on sustainability and wellness, and prioritizing diversity and women in construction. Trends were shifting in the industry, massive developments were reshaping the skyline of the city, and StructureTone embraced it all while remaining true to its company values. Again, welcome to Building Conversations, an episode 7 of Structure Tone's 50th Anniversary Oral History series. Let's turn the page on this new chapter by hearing about Structure Tone's most noticeable change in the past decade. Where we work. In 2016, Structure Tone moved its headquarters to 330 West 34th Street, just down the block from the up-and-coming Hudson Yards development. But you can never forget where you came from. Senior Vice President of Operations, David Leitner, remembers our older offices on 26th Street and 770 Broadway.
1: Hello, my name is David Leitner. Uh, I've been with Structure Tone since 1994. 26 years, So the old office was a lot different than uh, 15 East, 26th Street. Like I said, uh, 15 East, 26th Street, we were on parts of several floors because the footprint was so much smaller. So one of the main goals when we moved over to 770 Broadway was to get a larger footprint. I believe the floors over there were between 85 and 100,000 square feet, Um, and the idea was to get everybody on one floor. But it was nice, we could just get up and go for a quick walk to go to a different department and have a little bit of a a collaborative thought, so to speak. Then we started looking at changing uh, to a new location, and when we started looking at 330 West 34th Street, um, I was actually on the, you know, think tank committee, let's just say, and we talked about, you know, how we were going to save space, obviously and operations being that you know even though operations is two to three hundred people the majority of that work happens in the field on the project site so we tried to find ways to uh, try and save space so that we can give that space over to some of the other departments
0: collaboration was an even bigger focus when the company made the move to West 34th Street
1: you know one of the good things about the space that we have now again like I said not only is it collaborative as far as you know thinking between departments but there's also a lot of areas between the multi-purpose rooms Uh, the cafe, you know, the outdoor terrace, you know, areas that are a little bit more conducive to everybody just, you know, sitting down, chatting, and having a little bit more of an informal, impromptu type of meeting. You know, it's funny, because I've been here for, like I said before, for 26 years, and I've seen, you know, the city change, and the areas that we were in at the time um, probably weren't the best areas at the time, but as the city has changed, uh, you know, obviously certain neighborhoods have changed. Madison Square Park, when we were there years ago, was not the best location, but it got a lot better now. As you see, you know, we have, um, you know, Madison Square Park has become this you know, great outdoor space that the city has invested a lot of money in. Um, and then we moved over to 770 Broadway, which was, you know, where NYU was, which is a beautiful space too, nice, very open, safe, clean, um, because of it being a college campus. Um, but then when we moved out there, we moved over here, and Hudson Yards has changed over the last few years too. So all the neighborhoods that we've hit uh, with our offices over the last 20 years um, have changed and you know we've changed with them.
0: Scott Rennison, project manager for our move to 330 West 34th Street, talks about the thought process behind the move and what the atmosphere was like during construction.
2: So in 2016, we made uh, the move from 770 Broadway to 330 West 34th Street. And again, along the same lines why we moved is again for collaboration. We're on two floors of an interconnected staircase And the plan was really to make this more, have our departments really touching, where 770 Broadway was a very large floor plan where you can have operations on one side of the field, estimating on the other side and accounting a mile away. So the plan was to keep us all somewhat centralized. So we're kind of touching each department at any given moment. It's a short walk, especially with the interconnecting staircase. It makes um, navigating around the office and seeing different departments much easier. Prior to us starting the construction of the project, we did a lot of uh, working sessions, and there was, a, there was a group of us that got together, probably about 20, 25 individuals throughout the New York office, that kind of had ideas of what we wanted to implement into the design of the project. So we had a you know, decent amount of time up front to really figure out what is difficult, what was not difficult, so when construction started, we knew exactly what the design intent was, to a point, to make sure we implemented that. Some of, the, some of the fondest memories were just the on-site meetings that we had, not just with the designers, but also with the subcontractors. And, and it was unique because it was our space, right? We didn't have to report back to a client to make sure we didn't make decisions without them knowing or making sure that it wasn't their vision. You know, building out our own space, we, we knew what the structure vision was, and we made sure that any decisions we made in the field, that they were going to be the right decisions. Monday morning, when we, when we opened up for the grand opening, I was one of the first ones here. I, I, I at least wanted to be the one uh, one of the first people here, but Bob Mullen beat me in, and when I got off the elevator at 6 o'clock in the morning, he was standing on the 12th floor waiting to greet everybody, and he had nothing but nice, kind words to say about the space, which was great to hear. And then as the day went on, I kind of just kind of laid back in the 11th floor, kind of out of sight, out of mind. But as I did walk around, I noticed a lot of people, well, Most of the, most of the organization was walking around just, you know. Taken in the new space, the staircase, the open lobby on the 12th floor, uh, the cafe on the 11th floor, a lot of amenities that we didn't have in the previous space. So it was actually really good from the background to hear some, some kind words and the, the excitement of the new move.
0: The new office proved to be the perfect opportunity for the StructureTone team to show off their expertise in building amazing workplaces. One of the most impressive aspects of the office is that it's the first well-certified office space in New York State. Jim Donaghy comments on our commitment to wellness.
3: You know, I, I think wellness has already made its way into the mainstream. And we uh, were an early adopter there. Uh, we were ahead of the game and we can give folks like Jen Taranto and Rob Leon a lot of credit for having the mindset that we need to not wait to be told what to do, but maybe help lead the way forward. And, um, you know, um, we've got a lot of entrepreneurial folks like that in in our organization. and. We're getting better at promoting them and putting them out in front and and feeding their ideas and supporting them and um, let's face it when you feel better in your office you're going to probably produce more right it's not it's pretty much common sense when it came time to do a move in 2014 and 15 we settled on a new lease here in new york and we you know didn't want to miss the opportunity to really double down our investment on wellness and um, through the great advisory work of our Bob Yardis, our head of HR at the time, and and, and Rob and Jen, we decided to be the first, partnering with Delos and Gensler, the, the first well-certified commercial office in New York State, um, which really showed where our minds were at, you know, to be the very first in New York State, which is, I think, a state that's very conscious about wellness. Um, you know, we really have shown our leadership on that.
0: Mentioned by Jim, Jennifer Toronto is the Director of Sustainability for STO Building Group. Here, she recaps her involvement in the New York City office move.
4: I wanted to make the most of the opportunity. We had been introduced to the well-building standard. It was a It was a new standard that came on in 2014. And it was a really great opportunity to again sort of push the industry forward and and utilize some of those best practices and and kind of treat ourselves as guinea pigs uh, to see what it meant to be in a well space what it meant to build a well space what it meant to design a well space I wish I could say it was that easy. That um, that you know, I just decided <laughs> that it should be well, uh, and it was. But there was a lot of convincing. You know, just sort of like anytime you do anything new, you you've got to sort of vet out the idea. You've got to make the business case. You've got to really understand what you're asking everybody else to to go through. Uh, and I'm always really sympathetic to the to the ops teams and the estimating teams because um, I do feel sometimes that this impacts them and and uh, in ways that um, might make their job a little bit more complicated than it does otherwise. So the conversation started at a really high level. And again, you know, Rob Leon has been, uh, has been a great support and a great advocate for, for Well um, the whole time. And so with him by my side, having conversations with senior leadership about how this would change uh, the way that we live in our space, the way that our people think about us as an organization, both internally and externally, thinking about productivity and attraction and retention um, and all these positive uh, components of the well space. I probably wrote, uh, you know, three or four position pieces to senior leadership, uh, you know, trying to get them the details and all of the information, answer all of their questions. Um, again, because a brand new rating system and uh, and we were really pushing the envelope and ended up being the first WELL-certified space in all of New York State.
0: Now is a good time to introduce Rob Leon, Executive Vice President of Global Services. Rob helped solidify StructureTone's partnership with Dalos, founder of the WELL Building Standard, and recounts how that relationship progressed into WELL certification.
5: So back in 2014, 2013, um, when I started reading about uh, Delos and their work with the Well Building Standard, it started catching my eye, obviously. So um, I said before about uh, bringing uh, sustainability in here and and focusing on lead. This was even more interesting to me because I knew that it was focusing on the occupant and not the building. I thought it would really, really have a lot of legs. So I started um, getting engaged with the founders of Delos, uh, Paul Shala. Pete Shala, his brother, his twin brother, uh, Mark Carnavale, and Anne-Marie Carraher, And um, little by little, I realized that this was a great direction for us to go in and also to take a leading edge on it. And um, we formed an alliance partnership with Delos. The opportunity came up when we were relocating from 770 to here at 330 to not only say that, you know, we were going to, again, get X amount of people who were uh, well accredited, but really uh, focus in on uh, building our space. So we can say that not only, you know, were we gonna be the first ones, and again, that was a race to the finish, but that we actually went through the process.
0: Being the first well-certified office space in New York State is a monumental feat. Not only did Structure Tone employees have a new office, but one that focused on their well-being more than any previous space. Rob highlights some key features.
5: So, like the sit-stand desks are one component. The um, the uh, the company pantry downstairs that uh, that has healthy snacks and and different options. than the the two vending machines that we had down at 770 that you could either have Snickers bars or you know or potato chips. So I think you know little things like that. The uh, the filtered water, the better air, uh, the better sound quality, the better lighting. All those things I think that I think people um, really do appreciate. And they might not know the difference because when you're moving from an old space into a new space some of that just seems like well that's just a design you know so i think it's um it's really about education and uh, letting people know that these are the things that have been implemented into the design to make it a well-certified space
0: jen also admires the positive changes the company has made in terms of sustainability and employee health and wellness
4: if i think about sustainability health and wellness from the perspective of you know the the 50th anniversary i think about it in terms of how much the industry has grown you know the the two decades that that i've been involved in it have really moved at a breakneck speed and i have felt especially in the last year with sustainability that we have moved well beyond where i thought we would be um a, a year ago that this pandemic has been a blessing of a disruption for the real estate market when it comes to sustainability, health and wellness. Um, and I am just so hopeful for, you know, what the next 20 years will be.
0: This continued evolution has also brought noticeable changes in diversity and inclusion within structure tone and the construction industry as a whole. Women in particular are noticing big changes. Jen Toronto and seasoned project manager Eileen McCarthy explain.
4: So, my experience being a, a woman in construction um, it was probably most fundamentally felt while I was in ops, uh, while I was in the field. Um, I don't ever think that i thought of myself as a woman in construction i remember having lots of conversations with my male colleagues really forcefully telling them to treat me like they would treat anybody else um i also remember you know snide comments from from trade partners while i was on the job site but i will say that i you know and and maybe it's the boston market but i never fundamentally felt like an outcast or like I shouldn't belong uh, or I didn't belong uh, on the job site. I do think that things have changed on jobs. I think that um, there are more women in, uh, in uh, construction management positions. There's more women in owner's rep positions. There's more women architects. You know, I think that the industry is, is certainly not gender balanced. Um, but we're you know we're starting to see more women in trades so that it is moving in uh in the right direction i think that there's that you know there's a lot of education that needs to happen um to to let women know that this is a that this is an opportunity for them that commercial real estate or, or the building trades is a is a a, a fulfilling and wonderful career choice um and I, and I think that, you know, that's that's probably a place where we could do a little bit more work, but um, I do think that uh, younger women are more likely to see other women on a job site um, than I was when I started 20 years ago, for sure.
6: I actually was working as an administrative assistant on a job site up in Hartford, Connecticut. And I used to, I bought a pair of um, like uh, outside boots, to wade through mud and water. And I would put them on after my work was pretty much done for the day, put them on and just go walk the job site. And I was given a chance. It's right time, right place, right horses in this business. And I was given a chance to become an assistant super. That was a base building job site up in Hartford, Connecticut. It was tough. I was the only woman and I was in management. You would get hazed. There was always a lot more of that then than there is now. Um, I think the women today, that doesn't even enter the realm um, of what everybody experiences on a day-to-day, but it was my choice to be there, so I just had to keep my mouth shut and keep going. Um, I would say the shift really has come more so in the last five years, more than it ever had, but there's still that underlying current. You're still going to get tested, but basically what I've found, if you can do your job and give answers, they don't care who you are. Just... Can you do the job? That's all.
0: Dan Finnegan, Executive Vice President, shares his thoughts on encouraging workforce trends.
7: I absolutely have seen some really positive changes in our workforce. I think the amount of uh, women we have uh, in our workforce, uh, diversity is, is something we can always be doing better for, but I think we're, we're much more diverse than we were when I first started or even you know, 10, 15 years ago. I think the amount of strong, smart, technically savvy, younger employees I think has been incredibly positive. I've, I, I feel like the younger employees that work for us now have been given more opportunities than, than probably the younger employees had when I started. I think the dynamic when I first started is that you had to put your years in, you had to put in five, ten, or fifteen years. Now I think we're we're more focused on talent level. I think there's some people here that structure tone that are, you know, maybe only three or four or five years out of college. And I think that they are, you know, incredibly talented and been giving opportunities. Part of that I think is just because the enormous amount of growth that we've had and those opportunities are out there for those individuals when you look at, you know, our commitment to sustainability uh, to BIM and building 3D models. Just, you know, all the different initiatives we offer uh, when, in regards to our emerging leaders, um, even our, uh, we have got a new um, relationship en- enhancement initiative that we're really bringing our younger group into as well, working a little bit more with the, bu- uh, with the business development group. so I think there's a lot more opportunities there and I think there, we've got some incredibly talented people.
0: All of these fantastic changes are happening within our office. But what's happening within our neighborhood? The New York City skyline is rapidly evolving with the construction of Hudson Yards, Manhattan's newest city within a city, and we're watching it all from our windows. Here's Jim Donahue.
3: I love the cafe area. There's a TV on the back in the background. There's some great light, and you're sitting in the corner of the building that faces Hudson Yards. And for the next you know decade, we're probably gonna see buildings being built over there. And since we moved in, it seemed genius to the market that we had moved in, looking right on top of Hudson Yards where we were building millions of square feet and continue to build millions of square feet to this day. So it feels like we're, we're sitting, you know, perched up above our largest job site area, you know, in the whole company, really. It was just a great location and I love that corner. When I'm in that corner, I just feel a little energized.
0: Tom O'Halloran, VP of Business Development tracked the buzz around Hudson Yards for years before groundbreaking. Here he emphasizes its impact on our industry.
8: You know, just the enormity of it. You know, nothing like that's happened in New York, you know, maybe with the exception of Rockefeller Center. You know, when Rockefeller Center was built, it was viewed as too far west you know, and that was on 6th Avenue. To see that it's actually come to life and just the hopes now that it can continue to what has been planned. There was, you know, there's still an entire phase for the related portion, phase two, you know, to build that platform over the 11th to 12th Avenue. Um, I'd love to see if that's going to continue. It's been great to see the development that's happened around it. Big takeaway is just I think we're here, we're a part of it. That was kind of the thing that stuck in my mind. Like, wow, it started to be a wake-up call like, hey, this thing's really taking shape. And then when you came over and you see this massive hole in the ground that people hadn't been paying attention to, to see what was really a play over here. And then when we moved our office here, it was kind of like a not one aha moment, but it was a, a year of like, wow, this is, really, this is really happening.
0: We're not only watching the buildings go up, we're also building out major spaces for our clients. Executive Vice President Scott Cornaby describes how we got our foot in the door.
9: I guess how it happened was when it was time to um, build a team and a program to to go over there and compete for Time Warner. I was chosen as the the lead of operations. I had probably a year or two before that um, left running operations in New York, and uh, my role at that time was to uh, you know get involved in you know some of our larger, more high-profile projects, and obviously, uh, Time Warner being you know, over a million. Four square feet was going to be a pretty high-profile project, so uh, I was involved in the presentations on that as well, um, which was part of Hudson Yards. And then uh, over in Hudson Yards, as uh, one of the other buildings was going up, 55 Hudson, we were fortunate enough to pick up uh, two law firms at the same time, and did another you know 14 or 15 floors in there. So, you know, whether it was Hudson Yards or somewhere else, I think it was really just because it was you know larger, high-profile projects at that time.
0: But even he didn't imagine it would turn into such a highly sought after corporate destination.
9: So a long time ago, it was going to be uh, possibly the home of the New York Jets. There was talk, you know, I forget whether that was the late 80s, early 90s, about a stadium going over there. That kind of fiddled away. Um, when New York competed for the Summer Olympics, um, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, there was talk of that being some kind of Olympic venue at, what, at whatnot. And then that fell to the wayside and, you know, related picked up the idea or the area and, and, and ran with it. So, um, you know, we were fortunate to be, uh, to get our fair share of, uh, you know, corporate headquarter projects over there.
0: Scott isn't the only one who's made Hudson Yards site offices his home away from home. Other team members have extensive experience working there, starting with our first major Hudson Yards win, Warner Media. Senior Account Executive Dave Maltby remembers the pursuit process.
10: Back in, I guess it was late 2014, early 2015, we started talking to Time Warner about uh, performing in pre-con for them, for their new headquarters at Hudson Yards. Um, so I think it was April of 2015, we were officially brought on board. So we worked with uh, Time Warner for about 18 months, I think, on pre-con and uh, then got drawings and uh, over another two-year period basically uh, built out their space. We did the pre-con from April of 2016 to about December of 2017. Late in 2017 we are asked to bid on the project. We put a big team together, uh, interviewed I think three or four times with WarnerMedia and were awarded the job late in 2017. Uh, excuse me. 2016 the drawings came out in 2017, and we started the project. But yeah, it was a it was a big team effort.
0: Kira Brady, superintendent, recalls her favorite project moment.
11: My name is Kira Brady. I am a super here at Structure Tone. My role when I initially started was uh, I was an RPE in our rotational project engineer program. I had started in the fields at St. Patrick's Cathedral, the restoration there. Um, I was there for. Just over uh, two years, and then I rotated into our estimating department for a bit there, and then I went out to um, Hudson Yards to our Time Warner, which is now Warner Media project, and that's when I became a full time super. The magnitude that was Warner Media, I never imagined that to that extent. I mean, that was definitely once in a, a lifetime project. When it came to working on Time Warner, one of the most memorable things, I would say, really two were when we uh, turned over the CNN studios, the broadcast areas, Uh, like Dave said. It was just all hands on deck, working six, seven days a week. We knew we were going to get there. Uh, It was just a matter of how we would get there. (laughs) But it was, I mean, it was amazing. Like, all hands on deck, the entire team. It wasn't just, you know, one-off guy being there on set covering the Saturday. It was, everyone was there on Saturday. You had full crews of all of our subcontractors there on Saturday. Uh, you just had full buy-in from everyone from top to bottom, and it was pretty amazing because studios are incredibly complicated builds, and the magnitude of those studios, in particular, on uh, the 19th floor over there, it was their uh, audience studio and then two uh, two large two other large studios um, that were just I mean incredible. It was. Unbelievable, very meticulous, highly detailed, and it was, when we turned those over, it was so cool. It was awesome. Dave agrees.
10: It was a really good kind of family-oriented team. We'd have each other's back, and it was, it was really a fun project. Our client was great.
0: It was a great project, and it was just the beginning of a new era for Structure Tone. Jim Donaghy talks about what's ahead.
10: This is going to be a great place to be
3: over the next number of years. We're going to hit our diversity goals. We're going to stay very focused on that. We're going to end up, I believe, with a far stronger base of teams to bring to our clients. I'm you know, ex- kind of excited about that and what that might mean to to us and, to, and for our clients. We want to continue becoming a great platform where people can go to work safe. We want to continue to be known as a amazing place to build your career. Not just a really good career path organization for a construction company, but for any industry, be considered a great place to build your career. I just think our best days are ahead. And I, I've said that for years, and I always get feel a little guilty that I say that because it sounds repetitive, but I keep looking forward and I say, wait, this is even getting better.
0: With many illustrious chapters in its 50-year history, It's remarkable to look at the changes StructureTone has gone through over the last decade. Between relocating headquarters, creating programs and committees to foster learning, diversity and development, and investing in sustainability and wellness, StructureTone is headed towards an exciting future. We'd like to thank David Leitner, Scott Renneson, Jennifer Toronto, Rob Leon, Dan Finnegan, Tom O'Halloran, Scott Cornaby, Eileen McCarthy, Kira Brady, David Maltby, and Jim Donaghy for sharing their stories about Structure Tone's new chapter. We'll be talking about the evolution of the STOBG brand next, so stay tuned for episode 8 of Structure Tone's 50th anniversary oral history series on the Building Conversations podcast.